Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Welcome to the Monday Review. We're qualified for the World Cup, and I've got Vince and Waki here with me. How you guys doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Adam? I'm 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 well. I I rested a lot this weekend. I feel much better than I did last week. How are you doing, Vince? I'm feeling great, man. Feeling great. We're officially qualified for the World Cup. I'm I'm, I'm on cloud nine. So let's talk about the draw. The games are going to be November 21, 25, and 29. The the 25th of November is Black Friday, and that is the day we're facing England. And then we'll face uh, Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales in the first game of the of the group. And the last game of the group on the 29th is Iran. Just give me you guys' uh, high-level thoughts on that draw. How do you feel about it? It's a fairly nuanced group, isn't it? Just in terms of, you know, geopolitics. Mm. Lots of geopolitics, yeah. Lots of geopolitics. Uh, Like some that that could work in our favor and some that that don't. Like, you know, if we get, you know, Wales or Scotland, they're going to be focused on England. You can kind of just mosey on in. Maybe they're looking past us and just, you know, make a win. Especially Scotland, right? Because right. they're, they're, does Wales have as much animosity towards the crown as Scotland does? I don't know. I, my sense is no, but I, I don't have a sophisticated understanding. We'll, we'll be working on this over the coming <laughs> it's months. Early days. We've only had a couple days. We're going to know way more about the, the uh, social attitudes and politics of these countries yeah. on that island yeah like like everything so, like everything they have going on over there is kind of kind of confusing to me but but i do know scotland it's 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 on site if, it, if, it, yeah. if it's scotland and england yeah they're, they're not they're not having it that would really be ideal wouldn't it because it would it would take up so much of the the energy for both of those teams both of those nations playing ukraine wouldn't be fun i don't think I'd rather not. No, no, no fun. I don't think we'd be the crowd favorite in that game. <laughs> I don't think we'd be the crowd favorite in any games, except for maybe against England. No fun, unfortunately. But but the thing about the thing about playing England is, I feel like there like there are going to be a lot of uh, there going to be a lot of conflicted people. Uh, because if there's if there's one thing an American soccer fan loves, it's it's uh, England. And their entire yeah. soccer culture and everything that's that's involved in that. Not this soccer fan. <laughs> yeah, it's all the basic the basic soccer fans out really there. Really basic you know? soccer fans. Yeah. Really like sophisticated advanced soccer fans like us understand that England is just an abysmal an abysmal nation. Yeah, we do. We understand that. From a soccer perspective, obviously. Yeah, from, from it's like uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Bill. You go ahead. I was gonna say it's like it's it's like this. England did invent the sport. But then everybody else perfected it, and they're just they're just languishing it's just, over there. Yeah. Like they invented it and then can't win. It's just we're, and we're supposed to admire them. It just doesn't make any sense. That, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I talked about uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, yeah, there hasn't been an English manager to win the to win the Premier League since the Premier League was formed, since they separated from the uh, you know the football league. I don't know when that we was. I think it's like ninety ninety two or something, but. 
No dubs. We should compile a list of damning stats like this because I have to imagine there's thousands. Of them. Oh, there's oh so yeah, there, there's, there's so many. Without a doubt. And I mean, of course, you know, as far as like England itself not winning any trophies, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they haven't. 1966. They, they've never sniffed a gold cup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like if England came down here, they would, they would, uh. They couldn't hang. They could not hang. They could, they could, they Have couldn't they hang. ever beaten Mexico and Las Vegas in the Nations League final? Or Denver, I mean? No. Exactly. No, no chance. If, if, no chance. They've if, if never seen a Anibal Godoy. They've <laughs> never seen a... <laughs> I don't know. Do we, we gotta... How about the fact that it's... How about the fact that we're playing them on Black Friday, which is a... It's not... You know, it's not historically the sports day that Thanksgiving is, but in some ways it's better as a sports day. The game's at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. on Black Friday? Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's real nice. That's real nice. Isn't there normally some college, like, doesn't normally Texas play on that day or something? Or, like, they play A&M? It's not really important. I'm just trying to think about what Friday's normally like. Iowa plays Nebraska lately on Fridays, but that doesn't matter. Nobody cares about that. I don't know. I, I could be confused. But I feel like Mississippi, Mississippi State plays on Black Friday. I don't know. That probably has a little more interest. But I could be wrong. But, but even then, it's like, you know, a primetime game. The point is, people are gonna, a lot of people are going to be off of work for the biggest game that the U.S. has played since 2014. And um, I think off air, you said, Chris, if we win the first game, or was it you who said that, Vince? I can't remember. No, that was, that was, said that. That was lucky. Well, I was just thinking about in terms of the sport becoming popular, just by winning the first game, everyone's going to be excited about this England game. And as long as we just, you know, compete, obviously we're going to try to win. I'm not saying don't try to win. But if it just goes well, there's going to be a bunch of people really excited about it. Yeah. Like a whole ten, new gen- ten, Tens of millions of people. Yes. Right, exactly. And, and, and I got, like, you know, this is my, my, my main thing about this group is I, I, I just back our players, man. I, like, I think they'll be able to take any, any challenge that comes, that comes at them. It may not end in a win, but we're, we're, like, we're going to show ourselves well in that, in that match, I think. And just imagine how crushing it would be for England if we do win. That's kind of, <laughs> well, I'm so, so delightful. Delicious. They can, they can say anything they want, but if that happens, that's uh, dark times. That's dark, dark times for them. Oh yeah, they're probably a little nervous about it. They don't want to talk about it, but ugh. yeah. Do you remember? I mean, you guys have seen that New York Post cover when we drew them in the last in the 2010 World Cup. Yeah, USA wins one one. All because of a Joe Hart mistake. I mean, that was the softest possible goal. So oh, it, was, it was Robert Green. Was it Robert Green? Okay, sorry. Sorry, Joe. Art. Any other big picture stuff on the draw? Because I, I do want to say some stuff about Iran. Uh, I'll just yeah, jump in. Yeah. I like, I'm interested no. to know what you have to say about Iran. So they're, uh, as everyone knows, a longtime ally, ally of the United States. Yes. Very close friends diplomatically. Um, no, I mean, honestly, there's some really, there's some really, if I were Iranian, I would be really mad at England and the U.S. Both, both of both nations have have treated them poorly over the last hundred years. No question about it. Um, that's a sincere statement. Uh, 
It's a nation. So it's a nation of 85 million people, which is bigger than Germany, France, or England. One in every 100 human beings on earth is Iranian. That's, I did not realize that until a couple days ago. Yeah, that's kind of wild. That's, yeah. That's remarkable. I, I mean, it is. Add. <laughs> Exuberance, it's, frankly. Well, it's, fact. there's, in the Middle East, most countries are not that big. Um, right. Pakistan is really big, 225 million. Turkey's about 85 million too, as well. Um, but, you know, like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, all, sm- all pretty small countries population-wise. Anyway, Iran's big. It's an hour, an hour's flight from Qatar. So I imagine that third game is going to be, uh, going to feel like a home game for them. Or maybe all their games in the Although in- I was looking at the, the ticket sales, a lot of Americans are going to be at this tournament. Okay. So well, what do you mean looking at the ticket sales? I don't know. I saw a tweet. It said... It was. It listed them in order, and United States was second. Okay. I don't. Know, I don't know how many of that is though. So maybe I'm wrong about that. It just would you know, they they are close to Qatar, right across the Persian Gulf. Um, as far as they're they're managed by Dragan Skokic, Skocic, a Croatian manager who's spent a lot of time in the Middle East since his playing career, which was mostly at most notably at Las Palmas in Spain. Iran finished top of their group in World Cup qualifying. So Asian qualifying, they they have a bunch of rounds, and then they have two six-team groups, six-team groups. The top two teams in each group qualify automatically, and then the third-place teams play each other in a playoff, and then the winner of that playoff plays Peru for a final spot in the the World Cup. um, So Iran finished top of their group qualified automatically they and south korea did it in a you know in a trot no problem the other teams in their group were the united arab emirates iraq syria and lebanon iran won all their games in in this qualifying round except for the ones against south korea they drew them at home and then lost to them 2-0 in seoul on the same day we drew mexico at the azteca um south korea could have sealed the group by beating the united arab emirates in their next game but they lost and then iran beat lebanon at home two to zero so iran won the group um let's see what else the two the the third place team in their group was the united arab emirates by like they were back like 12 points from south korea so totally not in the same ballpark they're the ones who play australia in the playoff um thoughts guys well, did you, that's, that's good to t- I'm still taking all that on board, um, but it's it's all re- very good to know. Uh, did you see that when we played them in '98 in the pregame, they gave us a bunch of gifts, like four gifts? You know what? How we exchanged? Yes, pennant? I saw your tweet about it. That's yeah, how I they know gave about us it. like four. They given like engraved things. Little I don't remember what it was exactly, but tons of things, tons of gifts. So we do need to have gifts ready because we don't want to get out gifted. And you have some ideas about which gifts we should give, right? Uh, yes. Well, I, I, I mean, I just quickly tweeted out the ideas. Mm-hmm. But I think one for sure is the board of the state quarters. Who? That's a good gift. A board of, you know, the boards where you put yes. state quarters. I think it'd be cool to have one of those. Oh, one of the, them. Oh, I used to have those. Oh, man, I used to have that. Yeah, they're yeah. a little bit out of fashion now, but I think they would appreciate it. <laughs> 
and then just by probably like Grand Canyon and then Stuffed Eagle and what else, what else was I thinking? Oh, someone suggested a VHS set of The Sopranos, which I really liked. <laughs> All about cultural exchange. And then Greg Berhalter was asked about them, if he remembered the game. And he was a, uh, he didn't make the squad. He was kind of on the edge of it. So he was back in the Netherlands. And I didn't know this. He did TV commentary on Dutch television. I've been trying to find that, but it's, it's, I think it's going to be difficult. But that is a project I'm working on. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. So like in Dutch, was he doing the commentary? Do we know? Or did they were just I think uh, probably. pandering and letting him speak English? I assume he was speaking Dutch. I don't know. Yeah. It would be I'm not fun sure who they to, would be pandering to by having young Greg Berhalter on their TV station, but. <laughs> pandering to him by letting him speak, Span- speak English, I mean. Oh, okay. Pandering is not the right word. I, I retract it. But they, you know, the Dutch mostly do speak English pretty much as well as we do. Yeah. Well, maybe they just need, they needed an American on for the game. So maybe they would have. But I think he probably spoke Dutch. I want to talk a little bit about some players because I think uh, on Iran, I mean, we're going to get into England. Let's, let's save that for another day, like any sort of deep dive on them. But um, I think Iran's got some good players. This, their captain is Ali Reza Jambach, Jahanbach. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not correct, but his name, he plays for Feyenoord and he wears the number seven for them and seems like basically a free winger. And uh, he's quite good. He scored four of their 15 goals at qualifying, assisted one more. They have two big strikers who are both pretty good and going to be a test for us. Sardar Osman is a striker who plays for Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, he was on loan to Zenit St. Per- Petersburg last fall and scored a couple goals in Champions League. Uh, he's back in the lineup for Bayer Leverkusen since re- returning in the winter break. And he's scored three goals and three assists in Asian qualification. Their center back, Hossein Kanani, got the assists on both of the goals in the final game. They're both dimes. Uh, one of them was a through ball to Osmoon. The other striker is Mehdi Taremi, who has 14 goals and 12 assists right, no- right now for Porto, the Portuguese uh, you know, giants. Playing at a very high level, he scored four goals and got two assists for Iran in their qualifying cam- campaign and did that in six appearances. We'll have more on the Iran national team over the next several months. But, but also one more player is Ali Golizadeh. And he's, I mentioned him because he, got, he made Taremi so mad at the end of uh, a game against the United Arab Emirates. He's got some sauce. He did this really nice turn in midfield towards the end of the game. They were up 1-0. He drives like you know 40 yards straight down the middle of the field. And then takes a ridiculous left-footed shot when he could have just passed it easily to Taremi in on goal. And Taremi just stops and stares at him. Doesn't stop staring at him until the camera pans away from them. <laughs> and then, and then, um, and uh, and then Golizade that uh, like pretty much in the next sequence, Taremi gets the ball on the left and does the perfect choice and plays it across to Golizade. Uh, Goli Zade takes a long touch with his right foot and biffs like a really a golden chance, like worse than worse than what Tecatito did against us in the Azteca. And again, Taremi just turns around. He does like the you know like throws his hand up 
Not in the way that Gio Reyna did uh, when Ferreira missed the chance against... Um, who did he miss that against? It was, was, was Pifak that missed the chance. What are you talking about? Well, Pifak missed one and, and, and Reyna was, like, was incredulous. But then Ferreira missed one uh, against Panama in the second half. And yeah, when he did the no-look. Yeah, after the no look pass oh, from Reina to Delatore. Yeah. And then Reina and then Reina's just like, Yeah, of course. But in this case, um Taremi was like, get you know, get this guy out of here. It was more of a it was a more hostile reaction. So That's the type of uh, That's the type of intra squad strife I like to see. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta be really on top of that type of thing and look to exploit it however possible, you know. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think I think Goli Zade is. Uh, hopefully, he plays a major role in this um, in this uh, World Cup for Iran, especially on November 29th. A um, couple other things. Feel free to feel free to interrupt me here, guys. But uh, Qatar is a 14-hour drive from Mecca, a 14-hour drive from Baghdad, and an eight-hour drive from Kuwait. As many of you know, it's a peninsula that sticks up into the Persian Gulf. I went there once. Did you? Yeah. To play poker? Uh, no, I was there. I, was, I lived in Saudi Arabia for a, a year. And so sometimes I would go there. I'm like, Yo, What's it like? like? Chris, you, you used to play poker? Eight years ago. Yeah, I did used to play poker. Before that, I played poker. And then I went to Saudi Arabia. I didn't notice. What's guitar know? like? What's guitar like? Were you, so were you a good I poker player? Uh, I was a, a high volume, above average poker player, but not. I would not describe myself as good if I ever met someone who was actually good at poker. You made a living playing poker. I made a living doing that. Yes. Like online, or, yeah. or were you like on ESPN? Uh, well, I'd, I was doing it online. And then they got rid of online, and then I played in, in real life in Las Vegas and the Bay Area for a little bit. And then I stopped and went to Saudi Arabia, where uh, it was very hot, is the main thing I remember. What city did you live in in Saudi Arabia? Riyadh. Okay. So when you yeah. went to Qatar, would you fly there, or did you, like, yeah. rent a car? Yeah, it would. They've got these short little flights to different places in the area, so I would do that sometimes. I right, so, so it was there. So King, how was it? King died. I had to. It was good. It was good. It's a different. It's different over there. It's a different <laughs> experience, culturally and all that. That was fantastic. Well, what was can there you tell? The King of Saudi Arabia died, and I had to stay in my hotel room for a week and a half. I didn't have to, but I got a call from the office saying, just don't, you maybe just don't come in for a while. So just sitting there drinking non-alcoholic beer, eating little candy bars from a mini bar. Wow. Were you, what were you doing there? What were you working on? Uh, we were making uh, training courses, employment stuff, and some like healthcare training type thing. Actually, it was, it was during, um, there was a little, I don't know if it was called a pandemic, but it was like a, that SARS thing. The original like version of COVID. Yeah. I right. was there for that. Anyhow. <laughs> what can you tell us about Qatar from your oh, travel oh, there? Oh, so, so was it, was it SARS or was it MERS? 
because I know Mers was like, like I feel like it was. Oh it was yeah, no, Mers. yeah. It was Mers. It was that's what I meant. It was Mers C O V D. But they had both. We did things for both. Uh the main thing is they had a really nice airport, the nicest airport I've ever seen. I think I'm remembering the airport correctly. I don't have a whole lot of intelligence on Doha other than that. Okay. It would be I would go at night and it would every. There's a lot of fancy lights and stuff. Is is Doha a little more? It's a little more like Western than Riyadh, right? There's more people yeah. vacationing there, drinking cocktails, stuff like that. Yes, I think on the. You know, if we if you go to a hotel where there's people where there's tourists, then there's then there's alcohol there. Okay, that was my memory of it. I was in a uh, in a uh, in my hotel room once, and I was watching TV, and uh, there was a music video that came on, like an Arabic language singer, and he was this really neat video. He's in a hot air balloon, and then later that night, I go up to the top. The rooftop bar, and that singer is there. Hmm. The guy I just saw in the hot air balloon. Did so you talk a, to him? Uh, very briefly. So that was a, that's the only celebrity I've ever met. I don't know his name. Nice. That's awesome. That's what, so that's what it's like there, basically. Do you guys have any thoughts on the McKenny Pulisic Adams press conferences on the draw? I thought Berhalter's was, you know, he was, he's happy to be at the World Cup. So are we. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, what I like from Burhalter's is at one point he got asked a question, and then he was so jet lagged he put his head in his hands, and he 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 lifted his head up and said, "The flight was crazy. I don't even know what day it what day it is." Right, that was his hot moment for me. And then the thing from Weston's was they kept they the there was a line of questioning that they asked all the players about what they remember from their time in Bradenton, him and Pulisic and Adams. But really, Pulsit wasn't there that much, and Weston was like, my memories aren't as good as you guys probably think. Tyler Adams just kept getting picked ahead of me, and I didn't get yeah. to go on the trips. Yeah. Yeah, Weston got snubbed as a youth national team player, basically, the whole time. Crazy. Incredible. I thought, yeah, Berhalter recovered from that moment by saying... Um, I'm running on fumes, but they're good fumes. They're the good kind of fumes. Yeah. You know? I liked that. Uh, and then Pulisic said he got his first person he heard from was Mason Mount. And they're, you know, they're joshing each other. That's good. And Kenny said he's trying to hide the fact that he's good in the air. In, in so many words. <laughs> well, he actually gave a pretty interesting response. That they asked him, he was just talking about how he prefers he doesn't mind not it being a team he's never played before because he thinks he in particular has an advantage about opponents not knowing him because I, it made sense. He didn't exactly say this, but it's how distinct his game is. And he doesn't play like he, like on the air thing, he doesn't look like he's the best player in the air on the team. Right. I think there's different parts about his game that are kind of like that. There's, he's a, he's a, he's full of surprises and yeah. And, and it, and people are like, well, surely they're going to watch some video. Well, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they are going to watch some video. Because remember... Um, I'm, I'm, so, I mean, I mean you, would, you would think. You would think. I mean, they're going to watch, <laughs> watch video. Well, well, think about it this way. Uh, Andre Pirlo, he wasn't putting McKenney in the box on set pieces for like the first 10, 12 games of his tenure. 
So yeah, they, was he not watching video or? They have like six months. These coaches have nothing to do except prepare for th- three games, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you would, like you would think they're going to watch uh, the entirety. Well, I hope, like, I like, hope like, they like they, the entirety of qualifying. I mean, yeah. Like, like, like I feel like that's what any, any sensible coach would do. Well, in that case, they'll maybe get the sense that Wes McKinney is not, you know, he's not always going to be in the game. He's not super involved sometimes. Like he's going to miss about half the games for whatever reason. I think it may still not click for them that we should mark Wes McKinney in a, on a set piece the way we mark a big center back. I think that's still possible. We'll see, guys. We'll, well see. We, let's not tip him off. <laughs> Don't go into Scout and look Wes McKinney goals. <laughs> you guys you won't find out anything interesting nations league draw it's tonight i don't think it really matters much but i am curious where the game are we going to find out where the games are going to be as well as who the opponents will be tonight who knows? these are in june right yes to may that's a couple months of no games yeah what are we going to do I guess we'll just do what we always do every time. Now that I think about it, we've done we, this before. We, can we get along without games. We'll find a way. Uh, yeah. Well, like, well, we're gonna learn a lot about Iran first of all. What What are the uh, the possibilities for this for this nation league? This nation's league draw. We we because we we need some comp, you know. And and, and Greg has said it's gonna be like he he's calling the first team. The first team's gonna be there, uh, with with the with us. I don't know with them. Most of the summer, I like 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 I saw a tweet with the pots, but then I forgot it. I think the seeded teams are like us, Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada, and then I forgot the other pots. So presumably, I, I, I'm pulling it up right now. It's Go ahead, Washi. We'd have one other. It would be whoever the next level of team is would be the next best thing, right? So that's. Pot two is El Salvador, Honduras, Jamaica, and Panama. Pot three is Curacao, Granada, Martinique, and Suriname. I don't think we're going to learn a whole lot about the team in those games (laughs) that we have not learned through. Well, 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 let me. Right. Okay. If I I can pick, I'll take. Say Panama and Suriname, maybe Curacao too. But if we can get those two, I mean, yeah. it'll it'll be it'll be better than nothing. Yeah, I guess we're gonna play two games, two of those Nations League games in June, and then two, we'll have two friendlies that in that window. It's like a two and a half week window, something like that. Did we talk about the Argentina? Argentina. What's the latest on that? I don't know, but I just saw a tweet that said, you know, Argentina might, might happen. We might have, get a friendly against Argentina, which would be very nice. That would be nice. I, I'm trying to figure out where I want the games to be. I feel like they got to be on the coasts. I, and the, one in, the ones in September, I'd like, it'd be cool if they were in New York, honestly. Uh, so I, I did see something... Or like the way we're structuring these Nations League games and the friendlies, it's gonna uh, replicate like a group stage plus a, a, a knockout game. 
Greg loves that kind of stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He <laughs> <laughs> loves to structure a window. He apparently uh, over in he loves logistics. Doha, uh, Tom was already talking to folks from other countries about trying to set up a, a friendly. They he said that in the uh, Tom King. <laughs> yeah, I just call him. I just call him Tom. Uh, Tom. <laughs> He's the guy responsible for Tim Weah's vaccination issue. He does. He's he's a, a, a head of administration, I believe is his title, and he looks like the cruise director from uh, Succession, the former yeah. cruise director, the guy that <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I don't the guy maybe. who gets fired in like episode two. Oh, you're whatever. talking about that guy. <laughs> he retires. He okay. retires and the, 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 hands off the right. scandal to exactly. Yeah, that guy. Confusing, but the character named Tom. Yeah, that guy. Okay, but. Tom, the administrator of U.S. Soccer, uh, really reminds me of, of that character, of the little I've seen of him. But he's out there just, anyway, anyhow, he's the person that arranges these, these friendlies. I mean, I, I would have to say a guy that looks like that seems like the type of man that would, that would mess up somebody's uh, vaccination requirements. I'm, I said that. I'm not even sure. No, we should be clear. We don't, we don't. That was just, a, that was just a, a meme. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten that even happened. Yeah, we don't think it was Tom. Although you know, ultimately the, the buck buck stops somewhere, doesn't it? It sure, so, it sure does. It sure does. I, I think you know it's water on the bridge, though. It was probably someone else that was responsible. Tom seems like a good guy. Yeah, we're not. Just be clear, not criticizing Tom King for that or pinning him for blame with that. Because people, if will. we had been, this would be the first time on a podcast anyone had ever, ever criticized Tom King. <laughs> Tom King has a thankless job, and he's a you know probably an American hero, if we're honest. Um, speaking of Succession, what you know that show? Not to get too far afield, but like the Tom and the the dorky guy, cousin Greg, cousin Greg, yeah, Greg, yeah, cousin Greg. They're really it, maybe this is a common insight, but they really are the core of the show, aren't they? Yeah, those two. Yeah, yes. Glad without that. question, without question. <laughs> And well, we can't really say spoilers, but no, don't don't. It's like they're going to take a pretty big role moving forward. Seems like it. Seems like it. I'm uh, it's 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 going to be weird to see how the, all this works out in the next season. But we should every episode of this we do like a ten minute spoiler free discussion of uh, Succession. I'm down. I think people would be really into that. People would love it. I'm sure. Let's talk about Frostbite. What's the latest there? So uh, um, it, it, it seems like Bruce Arena said he got frostbite, and 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 the, it said that Matt Turner got frostbite. I don't know yeah. if Matt Turner said he got frostbite. Didn't he, seem like it. Kind of did, but I don't. I don't. Did he? Mm, not really. <laughs> he said the the tissue got frozen or something. And that caused some tendonitis. And and I'll just say that the local news report that tr- tried to stitch this all together did give the impression that the tendonitis was led. You know, if you did, if you read it quickly or not carefully, that the tendonitis was related to the airline fracture that Turner suffered in a in a preseason game. The reality is, it's not. They're not related. 
So right. no, the frostbite is not what's keeping Matt Turner off the field right now. Well, we don't we don't know they're not related. We just know they were on different feet. Well, well, <laughs> well Matt said they they weren't related. Okay, so first off, and is has he given a uh, public statement other than the uh, Twitter notes post? No, well, I think that's it. Okay, so he's he gave the TV to... interview and then he gave and then he put the notes up. He yeah. says. I gave an interview yesterday, and my words have been pulled around to fit certain narratives. So I'd like to set the record straight. The USMNT game in Minnesota has nothing, capital, capital letters, nothing, to do with what's kept me off the field these last few weeks. I had a brief bout of tendonitis after that game in my left, capital, capital letters, left foot, that was quickly resolved and back to 100%. So, notice. And that, that he did not use the word frostbite. Okay? No. But Bruce Arena did just because he likes, he, he really enjoys just being a, a jerk. And so, that, and, and, and this is my thing. It's like, okay, Bruce Arena says frostbite. Nobody else, nobody else has said frostbite. And, and if you remember, the, the, original, the original tweet that started all this said that Matt had suffered frostbite and that's what was keeping him out. Okay, they mm-hmm. they had linked the the they were saying the frostbite is what's keeping Matt Turner out from playing currently. Okay, and then everyone debunked that. Okay, and now Bruce Arena comes back and is like, "Yo, yeah, you know he got he got frostbite up there in Minnesota," and and, and people <laughs> and people are running with it, and it's like, first off, this is Bruce Arena, okay. Like this man is not no medical professional. Like you, you know, it's, it's it's like words mean things. Okay, it was like bells when uh, the Honduras people were saying that they had hypothermia, and bells. You were like, I mean, did they have hypothermia or were they cold? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's it's, it's two different things. It's two different things. Okay, and it's like yo, right. So it, it it's like, bro, did did he really have frostbite? Which seems extremely unlikely. Or was his foot cold? And, you know, I mean, it, it seems like he did have a uh, minor injury off the, bout of, uh, off the back of playing a, in a very cold game where he literally had nothing to do except run back and forth uh, uh, along the box and potentially go over to the bench and, and warm up in a blanket. Um, right. Yeah, so, so it, it, it's just like... But, but, but because it matters, the degrees matter, okay? Because if he had frostbite, uh, depending on the degree, we're, we're talking about U.S. soccer potentially maiming a person, okay? Right. Like, right. <laughs> this is very, very different. The degrees matter. And that's what a lot of people want to believe, too. They want to believe that U.S. soccer maimed Matt Turner okay. and is keeping, has kept him off the field. Oh, you know? Tom. Tom maimed Matt Turner. <laughs> Tom is responsible for this. Right, as right. Well. He set the game up, yes, I guess, is. right? But uh Tom, I'm joking. Don't don't sue. If you sue someone, sue scuffed. Don't not <laughs> Oh and and so but but I will say that this is and I forgot to bring this up last week when I was talking about the toxic Twitter debate. But the the, the thing is, in the, the the thing that nobody wants to like take responsibility for is that U.S. soccer is the cause of all this. Like, if, if U.S. soccer wasn't U.S. soccer, like, if it was just a regular organization that did things in a seemingly sensible way, 
um, it, it like it wouldn't give rise to all the conspiracy theories and like all the like things that we see now. Like U.S. soccer is the is the the center of this whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay. So maybe Matt Turner didn't have frostbite. It seems very unlikely that he didn't have frostbite. But you had the game in St. Paul, Minnesota in, uh, was it February 1st? February, maybe, second? yeah. First? Either okay. first or second. Okay. And, you know, like this is, this is, this is what's going to come with it. This is what's going to come with it. You know, when you, take, when you take a year to hire a coach, uh, who happens to be the brother of your of your CFO? Like th- these type of things are just gonna happen. Like this is yeah, this I think is that's true. It's, it's, it's simple cause and effect. Only way to get out of this is to beat England. That's it. Yeah. Probably Tom. <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, yeah. The the only way to get out of it is we're gonna like. Greg's gonna have to do some coaching. You know, it's gonna it's gonna have to be a, a a grand gesture from Greg to to get everyone on the on the same page. Like if we win if we win the World Cup group, then maybe we can continue. With, maybe with, we would consider. Right. We would consider. <laughs> that we're not giving any guarantees. We might be okay with you then, Greg, and Tom. I I thought you were gonna say that maybe we would consider dropping the frostbite narrative. Oh, yes. That's what if, I should have said. If, and we, that's, if we win the group. Yeah. That's the only thing that we're willing to consider. Win the group, then Frostbite goes away. Okay? Yeah. Quarterfinals. Simple as that. Then we can talk. Simple we can as talk that. About. I mean, because they, they put themselves in the position to where you got you to gotta put the results up. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have these multiple, multiple factions coming at you at all times because you just... You created these conditions for yourself through your through your exclusion, through your shadiness. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, you're just like just the way your faces look. But, There's just something about them, <laughs> and we're just gonna get crazier and crazier. <laughs> okay. It, it, okay, guys. It just, it just is what it is, and and, and and yeah, and and that's the thing that that's the main thing. It's like everyone that you know decides to complain about it. I mean, they've been driven to this. Look, you need to look inward. Look inward. The other thing, the other thing that seems like it's kind of emerging is this idea that uh, our MLS center backs, Walker and Miles in particular, um, will will whether they'll be good enough in Qatar is a, a emerging question. Feels like on the internet, especially when we're under pressure from opponents who are you know going to press us high. Yeah, and I wonder, you know. What do you guys think about that? That was like the, that was definitely a thing that like started coming up in my mind when like watching this past window specifically. I don't know why, but I don't know. It, it just I, I'm just looking at the the ball at our center back's feet, and it's like these guys are not really gonna do gonna do much with it. Uh, they they did a good job um, hitting hitting some hitting some long balls in the Panama match. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I do think they're gonna be they're gonna be easy targets. Walker, Miles, Tyler, plus Anthony on the left side. It's just like you can you can easily see a a like path to like cut off our build up if you just like like say Serge is the right back. So you you just 
cut off the supply line to surge, and then uh, we might be just stuck and unable to progress the ball. Yeah. Well, Chris Richards is back. He did a good pass. He did, he did do a good did pass. Did he do a good pass over yeah, the weekend? I, I, I did he see did that. He did a good pass, yeah. It was very nice. Can you guys, can one of you describe the good pass? Um, yes. Well, it was, it was dropped back to him, and it was like, oh, is he going to play it back to the goalkeeper? It kind of seemed like he might. He was like pretty close to the halfway line, but it could have gone all the way back. And a uh, defender came at him, and he kind of cut it in playing across his body to a midfielder who had moved into the middle of the field, maybe like 25 yards up. Yeah. And he, and he kind of, he kind of even like fainted a little bit, like he was going to pass it back, which, which like sucked the, the player pressing him in even more. And then mm. Chris was just like, mm, nope, uh, right past yeah. you to the, to the midfielder. There was in a ton of space at that point. Um, so a, a feint and then a disguised pass. And we're talking, you would think from talking about it, like this was some genius pass. It was just a good pass. It just, yeah, it was just, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing he said that there was to talk about. That's good. I mean, I, I love hearing about that. He, he, I didn't watch any of his involvements, but he was, he came on at halftime for Hoffenheim. They ended up losing two to one to Bochum. Um, let's, let's use that segue to move into a couple other performances from the weekend. Not very many. A lot of players didn't dress or didn't play after, you know, that brutal uh, midweek fixture in San Jose, San Jose. Um, Ricardo Pepe started for Augsburg. It's kind of odd because he did also start uh, in the middle of the week for the U.S., but he played pretty well, I thought, in a 3-0 win over Wolfsburg. He did a lot of, um, he did movement that seemed positive, and he was in places where he might have scored and did a couple layoffs. That left-footed shot of his was, was a good effort from a tight angle. And then there was that, like you said, he laid it off in the buildup for the third goal and celebrated vociferously, I thought. It's good to see that. Fist, fist in the air, screaming skyward is how I read it. Yep. Both fists, kind of an X shape. Yeah, a double. Yeah, he got, he, he says he has some he has some positive momentum going. You know, I thought he was pretty decent over the in the in the two games he started in the window. Um, mm-hmm. this performance, I love to see he it. He did a high five. John Brooks did a high five hug hug with him, high five hug with him before the game. Is that right? But it was just an identical high five hug to the one John Brooks gave to another player that he knew. I feel like if Brooks is trying to get back in the team, maybe give something a little bit special to Pepe to show, you know? Yeah. Like do something to differentiate it. It's just like a standard thing, which is fine. I, maybe I'm asking a lot, but Look, I would have loved to see them have a, already a special handshake that's just for them prepared. I mean, what, he's been in like one camp with, with Ricardo? Mm-hmm. And, and then he was, he was exiled. So he's like, look, man, I'll, 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 you know, you can get personalized greetings when I'm when I'm back in the team. Well, I guess yeah. that's one way to look at it. You know, would love to hear John, hear about all this from John Brooks's point of view. Jay Brooks, Jay Brooks's oh, yeah. point of view. Are we yeah. ever going to start calling him Jay? Because that's just what he apparently that's what his, his name is. He also needs to find a team for next season. 
Yeah, I mean, he still hasn't sorted that, has he? Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know how these things go. Like, usually, it would be like announced. You know, at some point, like even like during the season, it would be like, "Yo, John Brooks is going here." Especially in Germany, seems like that's the that's the way of doing things. Do you think he's like messaging? I mean, to setting the club thing aside for a minute, do you think he's like messaging Berhalter and saying like, "Yo, Greg, I know I." You know, I know I may have done wrong or whatever, you know, even like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I kind of don't think so either. But would that help? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, like, well, well, I feel like, I mean, the, the one thing we can say about Greg is if, you know, he has something to say to somebody, he, he's probably said it. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, that communication with the pool seems to be one of his strong points. So, I mean, like, I guess the, uh, you know, like, 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 whatever has needed to be said is said. And I like, I imagine that there's nothing, there's no real back and forth needed. Um, the one thing I guess he could do is, is post a comp to Twitter. But, uh, other, other, than, <laughs> other than that, um, he got to keep doing what he's doing, I guess. Berhalter did talk about how he talked to him before this last window yeah. to explain why. I have to lawyer his language a little bit. Because what, what exactly did he say? I, did, he say it, did he make it clear that he spoke to him on the phone? or? Yeah, he did. I okay. thought so. Okay. It could, well, it sounded like they had a detailed conversation about the stuff that he wants him to do better. Which seems a little bit hard to do when you're already, you know, a fully grown adult in the middle to, you know, stages of your career. I don't think he suddenly become a different soccer player. No, that would be a hard conversation. I would think to execute from Berhalter's point of view. Uh, another striker, Josh Sargent rolled his ankle in training on Tuesday and did not play for Norwich. And, um, Adams, McKinney and Musa for various reasons didn't play. Uh, you know the reasons of those for those. I think the only other than Richards coming on and playing, which is really good news, the only other two players I think we should mention here are Georgie Mihailovic and Cameron Carter Vickers. And Reina did play for sixteen minutes in a beat down. Beat down. He didn't do he didn't do that good good of a job. He didn't for being completely honest. I mean it was the game was over. It was a mess. Georgie p- scored a pair of goals, a brace, as they say in England, and uh, I thought it looked quite good, at least from the comp that I saw. I'm not sure what it means for him, but I mean, worth noting. He, he's a very good player, and has been very good for, I mean, about about a calendar year now. <laughs> yeah, if you watch the comp. That that's that's floating around Twitter. I mean, the 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 man the man's a baller. The man's a baller, and it's it's it it's a, it it does increasingly seem like he is definitely um, a half space merchant, probably. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I would I would try him out as an eight. Why why not? We, we need eights. We always need eights. And 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 you can see just you know. The way he, the way he's receiving the ball and stuff. We talked off air about this. 
Bells. But uh mm-hmm. and 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 he's you know, he's added some weight. He's 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 pretty beefy out there, you know. We're talking about how he received that one passer on the left side with the bottom of his foot. Like received it by rolling it with his with the sole of his boot. While while running and straight into a high kick, horse kick. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, Saucy seems to not even quite capture what that is. That's a, that's a, that's a guy playing with confidence. Um, and then Cameron Carter-Vickers scored the game winner against Rangers in the old firm. That's the derby between Rangers and Celtic in Glasgow. Uh, you know, one of the best rivalries in human sports. And he scored the game winner in a scramble after a set piece. Vince, you said you checked up on how he played otherwise? Yeah. Um he I don't know. He 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 looked competent, you know. He he did have some um some decent passes with his left foot that I that I took note of. Um but nothing nothing really too crazy. You know, just some, some basic defending. Just looked like <laughs> looked like how he always looks. Yeah. But the but the goal was nice. It was a nice uh, left footed, left footed shot into the corner. Off a off a yeah. set piece. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna get a chance, or if he even deserves one. I don't know what I think about that. Oh, he deserves a chance, I guess. All right, anything else, guys? Well, is is are are, are we even gonna get tryouts this summer? Because it seems it, like everyone was kind of planning on it, but Greg's been pretty, uh, pretty clear that he's bringing the first choice team. So is it like is anybody even going to get the chance to play their way into the team? Seems unlikely. I think. Uh, there's not going to be a mass tryouts. That's for sure. But I like, imagine there somebody, somebody, you know, a few players here and there will get. An opportunity. I mean, we still need a, la- a backup left back. We s- we s- the striker position continues to be unsettled. Um, oh, h- hold on. Okay, uh, like about the striker thing. Like, has has Jesus not done enough to for for us to feel pretty good about it? Mm. Well, do we feel pretty good? Do, do we feel pretty good? Do we? Is, is, I don't is, know is, that I, I feel this, pretty this good. This is what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I feel that good about it. Like I not, know it's not his fault, you know. But we don't feel good. <laughs> Do you feel good, Vince, about the yeah. striker? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I I have to say, like after after watching Jesus, uh, when did he, so yeah, El Salvador was his first start of qualifying, right? Mm-hmm. So we got mm-hmm. El Salvador, Panama, and uh, is that That's it, is that it? I think for his starts, yeah. Okay. Well, he's been good in those two. <laughs> he's been good in those two. He was he was decent uh, in that. Uh, actually, he was he was decent to actually pretty good in that in his Mexico cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he that's true. He missed a chance. He had a good chance, right, on his left foot. Wasn't his left foot? You talking about the cameo in uh, in, in November? In Cincy, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But do we feel good? You know? I guess we've already gotten into that. No, I feel like pretty strongly that I don't feel good. I don't I yeah. I'm not persuaded yet, Vince, but I, I agree that he's maybe our 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 brightest Yeah, I am so I mean I, like all I'm gonna say is he's 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 shown me something. He's shown me something to where uh if if he is the striker going forward uh I don't know. Like 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about it. I wouldn't feel bad about it. I wouldn't feel terrible about it, but I would like to see Pepe, you know, build on his performance this past weekend, maybe score a goal or two, be, you know, 85% effective when he gets the ball with his back to the goal. You know, Pepe's only 19. He's got, I know Ferrer's young too, but I think Pepe, there, Pepe has every opportunity for the next eight months to like take us big enough step forward that we could feel really good about who the striker is. I know that maybe that's all just fantasy, but um, what else do we have? Oh, um, like since I see his name on the document right now, I think, I think Daryl Dickey got hurt again. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He was listed as out for season in, in foot mom. Goodness. Yeah, so we're talking about a. <laughs> I mean, I've used the term calendar year uh, here a lot. It, it, I mean, Daryl's been hurt for about a calendar year now. Daryl's got to, I guess, set his sights on 2026. Yep. Seems like it. Seems like a good note to end on. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.